I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. A very crucial season for President Joe Biden and his agenda. And as we often talk about, you know, presidents come into office wanting to be laser focused on a domestic agenda, what they're going to do for voters that elected them, for the American people. And so often things end up on the international front that take a lot of time and a lot of a president's attention. And in a week when we know that the president's agenda is in a very crucial phase uh, for the third or fourth time. Uh, he has to get something uh, across the line and moving forward. And, of course, the president's heading out of the country. He's headed to Rome on Thursday. He'll have a meeting with Pope Francis. Uh, he'll then have the G20 economic summit uh, with uh, the the big economic powers. And, of course, he'll end up in uh, Glasgow, Scotland, for the climate summit uh, there in Glasgow. In the meantime, uh, Democrats are scrambling to to pass some of his domestic agenda before he leaves town. This was really something that emerged over the weekend was that this was something the president felt like he needed to get done before he leaves the country. So again, it's a, it's a bit of an artificial deadline. The president didn't have to declare that, but he did uh, and his allies did. And so this becomes a new pressure point uh, for the Democrats. Remember it's the uh, democratic infighting that is the challenge for the president right now is getting all of the congressional Democrats on board with the agenda to see if they can't get something passed. So there's a lot of political calculus going on as it relates to the president, his agenda, what messages he's putting out. He was in New Jersey today uh, talking about his agenda. And again, a lot of that, a lot of those in Washington feeling the pressure that something needs to be done before the president boards Air Force One and heads across the pond. Uh, in fact, ABC political director Rick Klein earlier today uh, talked about the state of the negotiations on the president's various spending bills. There's a possibility that a framework emerges, but what that actually means, we've had so many stops and starts in this. We've heard uh, we've heard Senator Schumer, Speaker Pelosi say we've got a deal only to say, well, actually, we actually don't actually have anything that's written down. I think it's going to be a key test of, of the sway that President Biden has is if there, if there is kind of half a deal or if there's a framework. Uh, and so that uh, to me, that looks very interesting. And again, a lot of the sound and a lot of the things I'm hearing uh, from those in Washington, D.C. 
is that everyone is a little bit nervous uh, in terms of what can actually be done in the next couple of days and that it will be a key test to the sway of President Biden. A lot of talk of this half deal is no deal. And uh, even just some recent uh, things that we've seen flash across the screen on the national news media is uh, Senator Chuck Schumer, the uh, majority leader in the United States Senate, uh, saying that there's still, you know, just four or five things that they need to figure out. Uh, well, with the way they've been slicing and dicing the uh, larger uh, social spending bill, uh, I don't know that there's more than four or five things left in the bill uh, in terms of what needs to be negotiated. So being able to get to that, uh, again, I think is problematic for the Democrats. And again, with the president leaving the country, uh, so I want to go back to uh, Rick Klein on uh, what this all means as we roll through the week. It's going to be a key test of, of the sway that President Biden has is if there, if there is kind of half a deal or if there's a framework, is that enough to convince uh, members of the House to go along with that bipartisan infrastructure plan? Is it enough to get some momentum going in the Senate for the much larger reconciliation package? There's still a lot of work that has to be done, but getting it done by the end of this week is still a very tall order. Uh, I agree with Rick Klein. It is a very tall order for the White House and for the president to uh, get that all the way across before he uh, gets on a plane and heads across the pond, uh, because you really have a, a couple of components to this. Uh, again, you've got in the House, you have uh, progressives on the Democratic side of the aisle who are saying uh, they won't vote. They will not vote for the $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill. Uh, because they're not getting what they want in the reconciliation bill, which is the larger bill that has gone from five and a half trillion to three and a half trillion and now will be somewhere between one and a half and two trillion. Uh, and so progressive Democrats in the House are saying, no, we're, we're not going to vote yes on the bipartisan bill until we know exactly what we're going to get in the reconciliation bill. Uh, that could be a big problem for President Biden in terms of getting both of those across the line this week before he leaves the country. And so that debate is going on. And then, of course, on the Senate side, we've uh, chronicled and broken down a lot of what has gone back and forth, uh, particularly as it relates to Senator Joe Manchin and Senator Sinema from Arizona, uh, that there are still a lot of problems and a lot of things yet to be hashed out. And that's going to be the test for the president. Uh, I think Rick Klein got it right. This is going to be a key test of the sway that President Biden has within his own party. Uh, that is interesting. Uh, it's also been interesting that uh, in what many look to as a bellwether, the gu gubernatorial race in Virginia, uh, that it's been everybody but the president uh, has been scrambling and working to help uh, Democrat Terry McAuliffe uh, win a second term. Remember, in Virginia, you can't serve consecutive terms as governor. So he served a term, has been out for a term, and now is trying to reclaim that seat. Uh, and and there's just a lot of questions about that. And does the president have that sway? Uh, they've, they've turned to President Obama uh, and to uh, Stacey Abrams of, of Georgia and others to really carry – and do the heavy lifting in Virginia in a race that is razor thin uh, between uh, Terry McAuliffe and uh, Mr. Youngkin uh, from the Republican side. And so that's going to be a, a continued debate. And so can the president keep all the balls in the air and can the president keep the agenda moving forward 
the president uh, did say over the weekend, and there's been several reports uh, from members of Congress who have been in meetings with the president or on phone calls with the president, where the president has told them, we need this before I leave. In fact, uh, Representative Ro Khanna from a Democrat from California uh, mentioned that on the airwaves on the Sunday shows over the weekend. Uh, he said the president looked at us in the eye and said, I need this before I go represent the United States in Glasgow. Uh, American prestige is on the line, he added. Uh, and so that's, again, putting a lot of pressure. And the Democrats have not fared very well this year in establishing deadlines and meeting those deadlines when it comes to policy. And whether it's been the infrastructure bill policy, debt ceiling policy, Afghanistan withdrawal policy, uh, deadlines have not been the friend of this administration. And uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has set several deadlines uh, on a host of bills that have been just kind of uh, steamrolled past. Uh, And now she faces another one. Uh, She said uh, it was October 31st was the deadline uh, for getting the infrastructure bill passed. And there are some key components to that that do need to be funded uh, as it relates to what's happening in some of the states. And so uh, there is a lot of pressure growing in Washington. And this is an interesting thing to me. So as you listen, especially as you look at the the national news outlets uh, in terms of what is being reported and said, the more that leaders talk about things in sweeping generalities, the less likely they are to be successful. But when they talk about things in the specifics, uh, they're less likely to fail. And a lot of what we have heard over the weekend and through the day today is a lot of sweeping generalities. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, when she was asked on CNN this weekend, uh, she she was confident. Uh, but when she was pressed on the framework and what had been agreed to and what the deal was, she just said, let's just call it an agreement. Uh, not even a handshake deal. She wouldn't even accept that. Uh, so she went, again, higher up. So let's go back to our analogy. Uh, if you're flying the plane at 30,000 feet, it's easy to talk about free. It's easy to talk about tax the rich. Is it Pick your policy. It's easy to talk about it at 30,000 feet, but you have to land the plane. And when you get closer, there's a lot of turbulence. And there may even be stuff on the ground that you got to dodge and move. And so that's why they keep bringing it in close, and then pulling back out to the high-level rhetoric. And the interesting thing will be is if they can't get this thing landed before the president takes off for his trip to the uh, economic summit and the climate summit and his meeting with the Pope, uh, there is real doubt whether they will be able to get anything off the ground uh, and get anything landed as it relates to actual policy. And so those challenges are going to continue. Uh, But the conversations are going to be interesting. This is going to be a real test of the president's sway within his own party. And that will tell a lot, I think, in terms of what is to come over the next few months. Of course, we still have another debt ceiling battle. We have another funding of government that's going to have to take place as well. So we've got a lot of planes coming and going this week, and we're going to track them all. And most importantly, we're going to say what it means to you and what each of us as citizens need to do a little different or a little better in terms of our expectations of those that we elect to high office. We're going to step aside for one last commercial break. Come back. We're going to get you warmed up a little bit for the Halloween season. Are you talking to the dead? Can we get the spooky music going here? We're going to talk about that coming up next. Stay with us. Stay with us. 
two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.